Publisher Podcast, Episode 36. Is self-publishing the right route for you? For many authors, this is a definite yes. For many authors, you have dreams of traditionally publishing or maybe a hybrid option is the best for you because you want to have more control and more independence in a shorter timeline, but you want somebody else to do the majority of the work for you and to publish as your publisher. That makes perfect sense. Today, I'm talking with Jody Brandon, and we're digging into why self-publishing makes sense, especially for entrepreneurs. Now, if you're not an entrepreneur, keep listening. There's lots of reasons why self-publishing offers great benefits to authors, but if you are an entrepreneur who's thinking about writing a book for your business, this is going to give you lots of great ideas as well. So enjoy the show. Welcome to the Publisher Podcast, a place where you can come to get inspiration, motivation, help, encouragement, and support in your journey to write, publish, and sell your book. Hosted by Alexa Bigwarf. Because I've been where you've been. All right, welcome everybody to another segment of the 2020 Women in Publishing Summit. I am Alexa Bigworth, your host, um, the, also the CEO of Write, Publish, Sell, and um, gosh, my brain just totally flatlined there. Let's try that again. <laughs> it's like, this, and this is the other part, Jody. Not only can we not wake up in the morning, like our brains just stop functioning. Right, yeah, <laughs> at random times. At random times, right in the middle of a sentence. Okay, here we go. All right, everyone. Welcome to another episode in the Women in Publishing Summit. I'm Alexa Bigwarf, host of the Women in Publishing Summit and CEO and founder of Write, Publish, Sell and Cat Biggie Press. Today, we are going to talk about a wonderful topic of um, why entrepreneurs choose to self-publish their book. This is a really, it's, it's funny that this is the topic that happens today. I was just actually speaking with someone on this the other day. She wants to write a book to enhance her speaking career and to enhance her workshops that she's growing. And she's like, should I traditional pu- traditionally publish? And I'm like, no. <laughs> so we're going to dig into why with Jody Brandon. You may recognize Jody Brandon. She's a regular with the Women in Publishing Summit because we love her and she has good things to say. But she also is an expert in the field with 20 years experience in book publishing. She spent many years working in traditional publishing in-house at a big four publisher. She was a book packager and a, uh, sorry, a book packager and a niche publisher. And um, she resides in Philadelphia where she runs a freelance editing business. Today, she works primarily as a book editor and writing publishing coach for CEOs, small business owners, creative entrepreneurs, bloggers, and solopreneurs who want to serve their business with a book. I'm having a hard time reading and speaking at the same time today, so bear with me. (laughs) Um, Well, welcome, Joey. I'm so glad to have you back again this year. Happy to be back. This is one of my favorite events. Yay. All right. So let's, let's just dig right into it. So this one, we are definitely gearing our conversation towards that list of people, entrepreneurs, bloggers, coaches, business, small business owners, all of that. But I would say if you don't fit in one of those genres, you may still want to stick around because I'm sure we'll be hitting on some self-publishing topics that would be relevant anyway. But why, why would you expect that the best route for this group of people is to go self-publishing? Honestly, it's because we are type A control freaks. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, that I mean, wasn't the answer I was going to say, but there's a lot of truth to that. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of reasons. There are a lot of reasons, but the big one is control. And it's, I mean, you're controlling the timeline and you're controlling like the creative process and the product itself, um, yeah. which as you know, is not always the case with a traditional publisher. And I mean, honestly, as business owners, we like to be in charge. We're used to being in charge. We're used to being the decision maker. Um, and so giving up that control, especially if when it's something so personal that you want to use as a tool in your business, um, mm -hmm. is difficult for a lot of entrepreneurs. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's the control factor. The timeline is huge though. I mean, as you know, I mean, like you were just saying with the person you were talking to, I mean, the, the time to market with traditional publishers can be, I mean, it could be up to 18 months or longer. Which, or long, yeah, or longer. If, if you um, factor in the time to find your agent and to pitch yeah, publishers and all of that, I mean, it can yeah. be a very long process. Very which, long process. Yeah, well, I, I mean, and that's where, and gatekeepers come in there too, which is another yeah. reason that a lot of entrepreneurs like to, you know, they like to be in charge. They don't want, you know, literary agents passing on them, publishers passing on them. They just, they have their idea. They're ready to go. They're used to, you know, as a business owner, they're used to making a decision, go, execute make it happen, get it out there. Um, and there's so many gatekeepers in the traditional publishing world at like every step of the process that it's maddening a lot of times for entrepreneurs. Right. That being said though, like I think it's important that we start the baseline with that be just because we advocate the self-publishing route, which I think both of us are in strong agreement for this line of people, this is the right way to go, does not mean that we say you should not have a professionally designed, edited book and cover. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Just in well, case yeah, anyone was wondering. <laughs> yeah, no, you were right. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, no, don't like slap something down, you know, in a Google Doc or Microsoft Word on the weekend and then, you know, upload that sucker to Amazon. No, no, no. Like you still need to, you know, go about it the right way and the professional way. Um, you can just do it a little bit quicker with self-publishing or hybrid publishing too, which right. I know, you know, you know, way more than I do about hybrid publishing. But So let's talk about that timeline because that is one of the biggest advantages then for entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. So what would you um, propose would be a, an average amount of time for someone writing a, a book for their business? I think it really depends on the type of book and how many words you're looking at. So, I mean, you can write that first draft, I mean, honestly, in a couple of months mm -hmm. um, or I mean, even a month, if you can carve out that writing time. That's what it really comes down to is how much time can you create in your schedule, you know, to devote to the book, taking away from something else in your business or your life, you know, so it can be, you know, you can give yourself a half an hour a day and it'll take a lot longer. But once you get that draft written, things can move fairly quickly. You know, you get through the, rev the revising because um, that first draft is probably not publishable. Um, <laughs> Or it might be publishable, but shouldn't it won't be. be sellable. Shouldn't, exactly. <laughs> shouldn't, shouldn't be. Shouldn't be. <laughs> um, and then, you know, editing takes probably, you know, four to eight weeks, depending on how long your book is, and then design a few weeks. And then you can, you know, I mean, you can theoretically do the entire thing in, you know, four, six months mm -hmm. and do it well. Um, if you can carve out that time to do it. I mean, not everybody's going to be able to do it that quickly, but if you can carve out the time, it can be done well in that amount of time. 
I would say that's probably one of the places where most entrepreneurs schedule us. Uh, struggle, struggle is the word I'm looking for, struggle the hardest is getting it into their schedule, which is why I have become a very loud advocate for services like yours and mine in terms of making sure that that ball just keeps getting pushed forward in the process. Yep. Um, And, you know, so, okay, I do want to go back and talk a little bit since you are an editor, first of all, what types of books do you edit and um, what does that process look like for people? How do they find an editor? How do they know it's the right editor? Yeah. I mean, it's really important to not just Google, Google book editors and hire the first person you come across because one, you might not mesh with that person. Um, I mean, books are such a, you know, a personal thing. And it's a very vulnerable thing to open yourself up in that way to an editor. So you want to make sure that you have a good rapport together. Um, the other thing to remember is that anyone can call themselves an editor. There's yes. no, there's no, you know, standard body in this world, um, let alone the United States that said, you know, there, there are certifications, but there's no one body saying like, Oh yes, this person's legit. Uh, um, so, you know, I mean, my neighbor across the street tomorrow could get laid off and be like, I think I'll be a book editor and set up a website. And, you know, if nobody's talking to her in advance and, you know, seeing about references and books, she's working on that kind of thing. Um, you know, so you've got to, you got to do your due dil, due dil, due diligence. I'm going to talk <laughs> I, I, to now. Yes, it's it. on me. Exactly. <laughs> Contagious um, here. <laughs> And then, I mean, it just depends, there's different kinds of editing. So it depends on what you need, what the editor thinks you need. And, you know, you got to meet somewhere in the middle. So there's, you know, developmental substantive editing, which is more of, you know, I call it the bird's eye view. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, is this book structured in the right way? Are chapters in the right order? That kind of thing. And then there's what most people think of is copy editing, which is, you know, like the line editing, Um, you know, the seventh grade English diagramming sentences that only people like you and me really loved. Uh, (laughs) And I don't. <laughs> I send them to you. I, I do. <laughs> I'm like, this is for you. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fun for me. Um, and then proofreading, like at the very end, when you know the book's already been laid out, it's kind of like I call it the last look. Like we're not fix, we're not you know changing things because I thought of a better way to say this now. Um, it's you know, oh, there's a typo here, or oh, something wonky happened in the design process. And there's extra spaces, that kind of thing. Um, so not all books need every step. Most books do. Um, but you got to, you know, you figure out what your book needs, what you think it needs versus what someone else think it, thinks it needs. You think about your budget because, you know, you're paying, uh, you're paying out of pocket for these expenses up front when you're self-publishing. I mean, you're keeping more money on the back end, but you're also putting more money out in the front. So Gotta think about you know think about all of that kind of stuff. It's I mean there's a lot of moving pieces as you well know when you're publishing. Um, and business owners are organized. We ha- typically have teams or at least the VA to help organize all those moving pieces. So it's not. I mean it's certainly doable. I work with people every day who are doing it. It's just you know it's another project to manage. Absolutely. Um, I think that, so one of the things I want to make sure people know in the editing process is um, uh, to your point about not just Googling, I have actually um, found people who build themselves as, as editors. Like they said, Mm -hmm. I'm an editor. I do this kind of genre or whatever, whatever. And I've hired them because their resume looked great. And then as I dug farther into it, I realized that they really didn't have any 
training as an editor. Mm -hmm. They just like to read books and they're that person who really enjoyed that, which is fine. You know, there are plenty of people who are really good at grammar who can be proofreaders, short proofreaders, but they should not be your developmental editor. But, you know, one of the things to kind of get a feel for, I think, from my perspective, I love working with people who will give a sample edit because then before you even enter into that agreement with them, you get an opportunity to see what level of support you're going to get back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, editing is, it's also, I mean, it's an like intrinsic skill. It's an intangible, it's hard for me to say to you, or I mean, I guess I could say it, but you might not understand like, oh, you know, you're, you're treating temporary adjectives inconsistently throughout the manuscript. I mean, like, what the heck does that mean? And why go fix them for me, please. <laughs> I mean, yeah. sure. But if I, you know, if I give you, if I do a sample edit and show you like, oh, these are the kinds of things that I'm finding. Mm-hmm. And these are, this is how the manuscript is improved, mm-hmm. you know, and served that, you know, really shows the value of the work. And it's much, it's much easier than to say, oh yes, this is worth, you know, paying X amount of dollars. Whereas at the beginning, you're like, I don't even know what you're going to do for me. So yeah, I, I agree. The sample edit can be huge. And on that note, like you should expect that your um, expenses with editing are going to scale based on the amount of time it takes. So Jody mentioned the uh, developmental editing at the beginning, which is a really deep dive into your Mm -hmm. book. It's going to take a lot of time and effort. It's going to cost more than a proofread, which should, you should not be paying thousands of dollars for a proofread ever. (laughs) Should be a couple hundred dollars, depending on the word count, maybe up to a thousand if it's a 90,000 word book. Right. But not like if somebody quotes you thousands of dollars for a proofread, X them off your list and move on. <laughs> yeah. That's not a proofread. Mm-hmm. Yep. That is not a well, proofread. I, I mean, the, the easier you can make it for an editor also, the less it's going to, the less it's going to end up costing. Um, and I mean, the ways to, I mean, I always work backwards. I tell people all the time, you have to write every day. Yes. And that sounds like such a silly thing, but it trains our brain to get into the habit of writing something every day so that when you then go down to sit write, sit down and write a 50,000 word book, you're not sitting there like, oh my gosh, how am I going to possibly write this many words? Not, you're not writing that many words every day, right. but you're training your brain to get in the habit of writing so that, you know, the more you do it, the better you're going to get at it. Even if you don't even realize that's happening. So by the time you get to the end of the book, it's better than it might've been if you didn't develop a daily writing habit. And then it's cleaner to go to an editor. And then, I mean, I'll, my, my typical process is two full editing passes, but I mean, there's many times that I have to say to somebody at the beginning, listen, we're not there yet yeah. because it came to me and you know, you can only do so much in each pass. That's right. Um, I mean, you, there's, it, it, it's impossible to fix everything in one, you know, one time through one pass. So you know, it takes time and it takes, you know, all of these different steps to get through a copy edit. So the cleaner it comes to an editor, the better off you're going to be. Agreed. And on that note, I think in defense of editors around the world, I just want to say like, it's almost impossible to produce a book with zero errors because your eyes, I mean, especially when, when words can easily be switched, like form to from, but when you're reading like, so it's not going to be picked up by a a scanner that says if a word is thing and your mind often 
rearranges words to look like what they should be. Mm -hmm. So you don't always catch that. Right. So, you know, I, I I hear people that like come to me, I write, Oh my gosh, I read my book and I found four spelling mistakes or four wrong words or whatever. Well, that's actually amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, ideally you want zero errors, right. But, Mm -hmm. but don't, you know, your expectations have to be realistic that. Yeah. Of what There's tests be. that we take. I mean, editors, I mean, listen, editors are nerds. <laughs> we mm-hmm. take, you know, um, I mean, and like the industry accepted rate is 96%. So if you, you can go. catch 96% of errors um, and the way, I mean, like that person with four, four errors, go back and look at how many mistakes they caught. Right. You but know, that's, that's, that's right. what you really need to go by. So. And then I do need to put a pro, uh, a, a little plug in for one of our sponsors. One of the other ways that you can make sure that you are reducing the cost is by using a self-editing tool, not to replace an editor, but to prepare for editing. So ProWriting Aid is one of our sponsors this year. I love their tool. I use it in Great everything resource. that I do. They now have a, um, a Chrome extension. So it's mm-hmm. on my emails. It's on my everything. It catches everything. so much stuff, sometimes annoyingly so, but <laughs> it is good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I say, but I mean, those things are, are fantastic that they don't take away, you know, a professional editor or anything like that, but they right. can make such a big difference, especially in that first sweep through. Yeah, exactly. Um, to catch so many things that you're just like, oh my gosh, how did I not see that? Yeah. And I love being able to run the um, word count. So it'll tell me like, oh my goodness, you used the word sandwiched 104 times in your book. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you might want to come up with something yeah. else for them <laughs> to eat. Something else. Yes. <laughs> But yeah, to your point, it's still artificial intelligence. It still doesn't know how to develop mentally edit anything. It still doesn't know how to put nuance into a book, which an editor can do for you. So, um, okay, that's great. I'm sorry. I didn't want to take up so much time on editing, but truly, truly, I want people to understand that there is pretty, there are three things that if you are a thought leader in your industry and you're publishing a book that will get you like from hero to zero instead of the other way around. And that is to show up with a book that has a ton of errors that is not designed properly. So all your paragraphs run together, not justified properly. Don't look, they look like a five-year-old designed your book and, um, and just a terrible, terrible cover Uh because a book, a judge, a book is judged by its cover every day. A hundred percent. So editing, editing is important and all of those other things. All right. So moving along. So we've made it through the editing um, phase. Then we go into um, the layout and design, which isn't terribly expensive, generally speaking, if you do your research. Um, And then about how long from that point until you suggest publishing? I mean, I say, I mean, once it's designed, get that sucker proofread and, you know, get, get some advanced reviews and get it, get it published, get it out there in the world. Start, start marketing now. You know, once you've got a cover and some things, you know, my clients always tell me they're so scared to announce that they're writing a book, which I encourage them to do mm-hmm. for the public accountability. And they say yes. it's terrifying, but then at the end they say, you know, people were so supportive, you know, I wanted yeah. to keep going. Um, even when, you know, the days when I was like, oh, I have a million other things I could be doing than writing this book today. You know, people were so encouraging It helped them like, you know, build their momentum and keep going and want to finish and get it out there. So, um, I mean, don't sit on it. You work so hard on it, right. you know, find, you know, find your, make a plan, find your people and then get the heck out there and start marketing. Like that's, I mean, that part's exhausting too, but it's also the fun part. 
Yes. You know, like interacting with readers and, yes. you know, sending, you know, hosting a giveaway and having a launch party, all that, that stuff is fun. That is fun. You know, and that's the part it. that I get to watch from the shadows and always wish that I was participating in. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> although I did get to go to a book launch. Finally, one of my customers, one of my clients was local. So oh, last that's week, so fun. Yes, it was a lot of fun to be able to go out for that. But okay. So, um, you know, let's see. So once you've got all of that stuff, like how much knowledge and understanding do you feel that people really need to know about the publishing end for publishing their book? Mm -hmm. I think that it's, I mean, like a lot of it, there's a spectrum um, and you can get by with the bare minimum, but there's, I mean, there's people who specialize in this that will take care of it for you. I mean, I am a big advocate of owning your ISBN, mm-hmm. which, yes, you know, 100%. people are like, what is, I don't even know what that is. So, mm-hmm. but I mean, that's, it's critical because then you're the publisher of record for your book. It's creative, it's more control. Yep. Um, but that, I mean, for people who aren't interested in that part of it, I say use a hybrid publisher because it's the best of both worlds. I mean, self-publishing is growing and growing and growing. I just was recording a podcast the other day and I was looking up some statistics Bowker says that self-publishing grew 40% in 2018. That's incredible. 40%. Wow. And it was the first year that it passed the 1 million books self-published like per in a calendar year. That's wow. insane. That n- number is bananas. <laughs> and not everybody wants to, you know, ride the thing that ride the wave the whole way. And so, I mean, I, hybrid publishing is this, you know, new, new-ish player in our industry that sort of combines, you know, like the best of both worlds. You're still in creative control, but, you know, they're, the, the publisher is taking over some of those like administrative publishing type tasks and sort of being like a project manager mm-hmm. um, in a way. And I think, I mean, that is, I recommend that to many of my clients who at this point are just like, I don't want to tradi- publish traditionally but I need more help. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a great um, description of it. Two of my publishing imprints are hybrids and um, it's, it does, it's exactly that it allows um, an author to still have a lot of say in how things go in terms of it. It does sometimes allow for a faster timeline because you've got somebody who will uh, like we adjust based on the goals of our clients. If they want a more traditional experience for like a fiction book, for example, right. where you really, really want that long marketing lead-in, like yeah. we have long marketing lead-ins, but for an entrepreneur who knows that they're going to be selling most of their books either directly to their audience that they already have or at mm-hmm. events or things like that, there's just, there's not the same necessity of having a big long yep. lead-in. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, this is a conversation that we could probably have like for an hour and a half about yeah. the pros and cons of doing it different ways, pre-orders, not pre-ordering, all that kind yes. of stuff. And it truly, truly, truly boils down to what you are trying to get out of publishing that book at yeah. publication date. And, yeah. and that can change um, right. across the spectrum. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, the, that's why the hybrid option has become so appealing because it's like Absolutely. being traditionally published mm-hmm. with some of the benefits of like, if, for example, a lot of my people who come hybrid, uh, the reality is you're not going to get picked up by a traditional, a big 
traditional right. company yep. um, without a very large following. Huge because, platform. Yeah, because publishing is a, is, a, is a business and you have to know that you're going to be able to make money from publishing a book. And if somebody yep. only has five fans and three of them are their husband, their mother, and their daughter, you know... <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't, not a lot that doesn't bode books, well right? for, for the, so, you know, so you get yeah. turned down, not because your book is bad, but because you can't sell the book period. Right. Um, yep. so hybrid, you know, gives that extra option, but also, um, working with someone like Jody and, and, and our services as well, like you can, you can get that support as well. So I think somebody who's only publishing maybe one or two books can manage it on their own and it's yeah. okay. You can learn enough about categories and keywords or you can yep. have somebody help you through. Mm -hmm. But if you're, if like, this is going to become a thing for you, if you have lots of books, um, then you might want to look into a more uh, formal relationship with a publishing partner of yes. a varying degrees. So yeah. I always say too, I mean, it's not that publishing is super complicated. It's just that we speak our own language. That's right. That's we have right. like our own vocabulary. Yep. That when you explain it to someone, they're like, oh, well, why don't you just call it that then? Right. And I don't know. <laughs> that's just the way it is. It's so <laughs> true. That's what a lot of it is. It's just, it's just unknown. And, you know, if you haven't grown up in the industry like we have, then you have no, why would you know what, you know, that word means or that, right. you know, it's. I mean, what so, even yeah. is Bowker? I mean, you just said, according to Bowker, right. like what's Bowker, you know, to, to most people. Right. So it, it really is like, and this is, I think for the, for the point for entrepreneurs and for people who are super, super busy, like I think as a business owner, not even just as an author and as, as a publisher, as a business owner, one of the most valuable lessons I have learned is to stay in my own lane and to hire Absolutely. people to do things well, because they do, I could edit a book. I could. I have the skills and the capability. I'm not professionally trained, but I've written enough books. I've revised enough. I've proofread enough. I could do an okay. I'm not a developmental editor, but I could do copy editing. I don't want to. I don't, right. I, that's not, that's not my, you know, I don't yeah. do it professionally. It's not my skill set. It's, right. I would much rather hire Jody because she does a good job. And we work with Jody, by the way. So I know she does a good job. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and, and then that's one, just this is huge burden off of my plate that I can yeah. get a book. I can work with an author. I can contact Jody and say, I have a book. Do you have time? Can you take it? What's it going to be? You know, right. give me a quote, blah, blah, blah. And off we go. And that's one part of the project I don't have to worry about. Yeah. So the same for entrepreneurs. Like yeah. you contact Jody, you contact somebody else, you say, show me the path. Yeah. <laughs> well, me Obi -Wan honestly, Kenobi. <laughs> they're pretty open to that typically because they're used to doing that in other areas of their business. Exactly. Yeah. That's so, so they true. understand that like, that's not their lane. That's not right. their zone of genius. So let me find the person who can help me, you know, meet those goals. That's um, right. And I think that that serves them well in the, I mean, that's one of the reasons I work almost exclusively now with entrepreneurs just because the process is easy. It really, it really um, is. I, I found that as well too. I love working with all kinds of authors, but mm -hmm. you, you're right. There's a certain level of, of expectation that comes in with somebody who's like, I'm coming to you because you're the expert, take this and go with it. As yeah. opposed to, I'm, you know, calling out the fiction writers here because they, they're probably not listening anymore at this point. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Probably if you not. are, I love you dearly, right. but but the reality is there's so much more emotional attachment oh, yeah, absolutely. To, to a, like a, an author who is planning on authoring, like that's their thing. Like there's so much. Thing, yeah. Yeah. And when they do self-publish, they self-publish because they want to be 
in charge of uh, uh, in charge of is a negative word, but they want to control the process and know that yeah. it's going their way, and it's a lot harder to gain that like yeah, I got this kind of you know thing. Mm-hmm. All right, so what have we left out? Let's see, and then comes the marketing and launch part. So that's, I mean, uh, we could talk an hour and a half. About guys, that too. the limit <laughs> with with the self published book. I mean, you write your own rules. There yeah. are no rules for <laughs> for yeah. launching a self published book. I was talking with somebody the other day, and she uh, that I'm going to be working with next year, and she said, you know, she said, okay, I'm I'm working on like a just a rough budget. She's like, what do you think I should budget for marketing? And I was like, well. I said, you know, I mean, you can shoestring DIY it or up to like tens of thousands of dollars if you want to hire a professional like marketing firm, publicity firm, whatever. I mean, you have to figure out, you know, what makes the most sense for you? How much do you have to spend? And then how are you going to allocate those dollars? Um, And remember that marketing, like you said before, like, what's your goal for like publication day? Right. Like, it's not just about, you know, what do I want to, how many books do I want to sell over the course of the lifetime or how much money do I want to make over the lifetime? You've got to think about, you know, launch period. And then a book is a long, long long-term investment. It's out there. I mean, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So you've got to think about, you know, what's sustainable long-term with a book and how you're going to use it. And again, I mean, with a lot of entrepreneurs, it's, it then becomes a piece of their budget of their business plan. Um, and that's an easier, it's an easier thing to wrap their head around versus just like, Oh, oh I'm going to budget, you know, $3,000 for book marketing. Okay. Right. Well, what are you going to do with that? Um, right. but if they can figure it into their business plan, um, it makes, it makes sense to them. Yeah. Then, yeah, exactly. And, and for, for business owners, for entrepreneurs, for bloggers, for, for everybody who's using this book to basically as a calling card and to, you yeah. know, to, to be their, their guide, um, their, their proof that they're the expert, they're the thought leader in that field. Like, um, it is, it's a revenue stream is, yeah. or, or, a, or a lead mat, lead generation tool, yeah. whatever you want to use it for. So it's, it is going to be very looked at very differently than someone who is thinking, I want to make a living as a, as an author from book sales, which yes. is really hard to do unless yeah. you're really famous. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's, I mean, that's not the goal of most business no. owners writing no. a book. I Absolutely mean, they're using, not. like you said, I mean, those intangibles again, um, yeah, it's awesome if it becomes a revenue stream, but it's probably not a revenue stream from book royalties themselves. Right. It becomes a revenue stream through, you know, somebody buys the book and then thinks, oh, I want to work with her one-on-one and becomes, you know, joins one of your group programs or hires you for one-on-one service, something like that. So you're making money off the book, but it's indirect. Yeah. Oftentimes. So maybe, um, maybe you can share some of the like pitfalls that you've experienced with, um, that, that people who are self-publishing really do need to be aware of. Uh, yeah, there are, there are some pitfalls. Um, I, I think the cover is huge. Mm-hmm. The cover is so important. Um, and I, I, I mean, you can have a beautifully edited book, um, but if people don't, if the cover isn't strong, people aren't going to look at it twice, right. um, no matter how great it is. So you've got, you've got to get a great cover. And remember like that a lot of people are looking at it as a thumbnail, mm-hmm. um, which is something a lot of people forget. So I think the cover is huge. Um, and not enough attention is paid to that. And then I think start marketing early is like probably like my number one tip. I mean, you cannot start marketing your book early enough. 
don't wait. And I mean, some, I, I worked with people before and they're like, oh, well, I'm not really going to do anything until after the book is published. No, that's no, no, <laughs> please don't do that. <laughs> um, you, I mean, you, you got to start talking it up, especially if it's a book for your business, um, yeah. because it's going to, you know, intertwine with you and your business and your brand, and it's all going to like work together. Um, so you've got to let people know it's coming, it's out there. And, you know, then people get excited about it and they help you spread the word and it just sort of, you know, helps kick things off yeah. um, in a great way. So don't, um, don't wait to market. And then, I mean, have a, have a, have a plan and have a budget. Yeah. If you don't have those two things, I mean, the process can, everything can spiral out of control. And then yeah. next thing you know, you've spent all the money that you can possibly allot and you haven't even started marketing yet. Right. And then you're like, oh crap, now what am I going to do? Or, you know, you don't have a plan as far as, you know, writing and production. And then you just, you know, sit there and writing is hard one day. So you're like, oh, I'm going to take the day off. And then next thing you know, a week has gone by and you haven't written. And then next thing you know, you know, the editor that you've already paid a deposit to is checking in like, hey, just making sure you're still delivering that book next week. And you're like, oh, I've only written 12,000 words. Right. So then, you know, like everything kind of spirals. So, I mean, if you can just get yourself organized at the beginning, I mean, it serves you so well throughout the entire process, I think. I, I agree. And you know, that's when you were saying that, that the thought that pos popped into my mind was this idea of a plan. Like a lot of times with entrepreneurs in particular, business owners or coaches or whomever, like your publishing date, not all the time, but often is based around like there's a conference you're attending and you want to have books to sell or yep. things like that. So you have a pretty hard deadline of when that book has to be published. And it's really, really sad to see somebody have to like sweat through like a really crisis couple of weeks leading into it because yeah. editing took them six weeks and they only budgeted for one. And right. so now you're like in this crisis mode and then you, you publish the book and have it shipped to the conference because you had to have it by that date. And then you open the box of books and your name is spelled wrong on the cover or, <laughs> yeah. or there's like a big problem with the layout that looked fine on the PDF proof. But when you see it in, in, person, you're like, oh crap, you know, this is a perfect example. Okay. I'm just going to throw this out there as a, as a must do always, always, always order a print proof of your book because this, this example we just had with, with Teresa's book, Teresa Unterstall is one of my authors whose book, um, Jody edited It's publishing on Senko de Mayo. Um, beautiful book about navigating as a mother of a child with down syndrome and navigating life. So, um, that's not the title of the book, but, <laughs> but it's about navigating life with the, with the child with Down syndrome. And uh, anyway, I'm getting myself out, out of proportion, out of, uh, out of, what's the word I'm looking for, Jody? Out of, uh, I'm off topic. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm off topic. Okay. So her book, we loved this font that we wrote the book in. It's a beautiful font. And what happened that we, we did sadly four books in the same font in a very short window. So we're getting all the proofs around the same time. And what we've realized is that for some reason it prints fine on Ingram spark. So when we looked at proofs that came to us from Ingram spark, there was no problem. But then for this book, we ordered the um, proof from Amazon. And for some reason in the italic font, in the italic version of this font, it turns all of the D's, lowercase D's, D. to just a bubble. 
just a bubble. Mm -hmm. There's no stem and the thing is filled in. So now you have throughout the book, every time the book is in italics, a D is just a bubble on the page. That's a problem. Mm -hmm. yeah. You don't want to recognize this problem when you're selling thousands of copies, when you've ordered thousands of copies of yes. your book to have at an event with you. So mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> sorry to get well, on that very excited. Silly, like it's such a silly little <laughs> thing that why would you have ever thought? Because in the print pre preview, yep. it looks perfect. You yeah. know, it's no, like, you, yeah, you have to order a print, a yes. print proof copy for sure. Yeah. yeah that's, I'm it's, like on that bandwagon big time right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think because you know what it is, I think it's another one of those areas where if you don't know the publishing industry, it doesn't sound necessary. Right. It's just like, oh, the PDF was fine. Right. Like, Read what do you mean something times. wonky sometimes happens? I'm like, something wonky sometimes happens. <laughs> oh, don't think I've been, I've been using that same story. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's truthful. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so that goes back to like, I think, um, you know, in our discussion about the timeline, yes, you do have control over your timeline, but try to think like a publisher just a little bit when it comes to publishing mm -hmm. timeline. Is it really a smart idea to tell everybody you're launching your book on July 2nd and not load your book until July 1st? Like, does that really make sense? Mm -hmm. And I can tell you because I've walked this path a couple of times because back in the day, we thought that's how it worked. We're self-publishing. Right. There's no reason you can't self-publish the day after you finish the book, load it, publish it, you know? Yep. Well, we did that a couple of times and we found out why that's not a good idea. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You can just call this your words of advice from <laughs> Sister Alexa today, but <laughs> been yeah. there, done that. Don't make my mistakes. Yeah. There, I've, I've been using and um, working with designers who've been using the, um, from a, it's not new, what I keep saying it's new, but um, the IBPA book publishing standards. Yes, independent the checklist. Book yeah, absolutely. Yes. And they're available on their website. I encourage all of my clients to go there and get them. Yep. I mean, it's just like a free, it's a checklist basically yep. of how to produce a professionally produced book. Exactly. Even if you're self-publishing, hybrid publishing, whatever. And it's, I mean, just print it off, use it as a checklist. Um, and it will help you avoid some of those bigger errors that, yeah. you know, some, there are, there, there are things that, you know, only you and I would catch. Right. You know, somebody could publish a book and five people look at it. And if four of them don't work in publishing, they'll be like, oh yeah, it looks good. And then you or I might notice a couple of those little right. things. Right. Some of the things on this checklist are things that everybody's going to notice. Yes. And it's just, you know, why not put yourself in a good position to help your book succeed? And right. if you're, especially as an entrepreneur, a business owner, you know, you, you want a professional product. Yes. So, and yeah, that's one of the things that I really don't understand about this, about um, people who are self-publishing is like, just because, just because you've chosen the route of self-publishing, which if you haven't figured out from this conversation right now, I am a huge advocate for yeah. So I self-published all my books and now I have a printing, a, a publishing company. So they're technically published under a publisher, but really they're self-published by me. Right. <laughs> right? Um, but like, there's no reason why you cannot still look like a professional, like a professional yes. published the book. There's no reason why. And you shouldn't, yeah. you shouldn't, especially as, especially as a business builder who is using right. this book as a key revenue stream or a key stepping stone for bigger things. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm working with an author right now who is a business owner. And he said, because of his book, he has generated over $300,000 in consulting and wow. speaking gigs in mm -hmm. the last two and a half years. So there's real money to be made from a book, yep. even if it's not from book sales. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that part of the industry too is going to continue to, you know, separate. Yeah. Because when self-publishing started, it was, you only self-publish if you couldn't get a traditional book deal. Right. And now it's, I mean, I mean, look at those numbers that we talked about before. I mean, a million books self-published in 2018. Right. There are people who are choosing to self-publish for good reason. So I think that we are going to continue to separate, you know, um, (laughs) as far as, you know, professionally published books, professionally self-published books. And then, you know, like Joe Schmo down the street, who's just, you know, can't sleep on Saturday night. So he you know, writes 25,000 words and uploads it to Amazon. (laughs) Exactly. And the exciting part about the industry is that the industry adjusts to the trends. So like you see more Jody's and Alexa's popping up in the world who want to make sure that these things are done properly and that are here to escort you through the process to make sure that you're not making these mistakes and, you know, give you the, the tools and the guidelines to get you through there properly so that you don't look like Joe down the street who published his book. Right. So, you know, take advantage of, of those resources. And on that note, um, you work, uh, uh, sorry, what is your website? Uh, jodybrandoneditorial.com. Okay. I was going to say you work primarily with, but then I realized, um, we already had that conversation. Okay, for those of you who don't know, before we started this recording, I, I, I explained to Jody that I was working on deadline and I was up until one o'clock in the morning writing a book last night and I'm in my 40s. I can't, I mean, I may as yeah. well have gone on a booze binge last night. My brain is so yeah. useless today. So. Yep. So, and I'm also in my forties. So I, I, I replied by saying, oh man, cause I don't recover like I used to. I don't know about anybody else. But. And this is why I love the women in publishing summit yep. because we talk about things like this too. What I am is way past my bedtime. Mine too. Okay. So did we miss anything? I want to make sure that we have, have um, covered it all. Okay. We're good. Everybody knows what to do now. Basically, you call yeah. Jody or you call me or you call somebody. It doesn't have to be yeah. us, but call, please, for the love of God, do yeah. not do it all by yourself. Yeah. Um, and I mean, most people in this industry too, I will say, are really good about, if I'm not the right person for you, I'm going to tell you that, but yeah. I'm going to tell you who to call. Exactly. Um, because we both have good networks, good, strong networks. Um, and people know each other. Publishing is a big and small at the same time. Very so, much so, you know, we want other people we all want each other to succeed and do well. So if, if I can't help you, let me find somebody who can. That's absolutely right. Um, Okay. Well, wonderful. Thank you for sharing all of this. Make sure you go over and check out Jody's website and see how she can be of service to you. All right. And for those of you who have purchased the digital um, conference pass, which we're super excited about, Jody is giving a copy of her book, Right Published Market, to everybody in that group. So make sure you join us um, in in that uh, elite group of people. And thank you so much for being here and bearing with my just like brain disaster today. Listen, real hashtag real life, right? Thank you for having me. This was so fun. (laughs) Always fun. Yes, it is fun. Thanks, Jody. Yep. Thank you for joining us on the Publisher Podcast. We hope to see you back for the next episode. Great, huge thanks goes to Jasmine Commerce for the use of her song. You can find Jasmine on SoundCloud. Go check out all of her music. We'll see you next time.